All right, so a week ago, we started this series, Influencer, where we're talking about for the next four weeks, how do we, how do we influence people for the gospel? How do we influence people for the kingdom of God? Sometimes I might use, Michael might too, you might hear us use the word leader in place of influencer because leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less, what John Maxwell says. So as, as we are talking about what does it look like to influence people, we're asking this question, what does it look like to develop in you and in me great leadership skills that will allow us to change people's lives, to, to, to change the world, quite honestly? And so we want to do that over the course of time because sometimes we influence people every day, Right? I mean, if you've got a family, you influence people. If you go to a school, you influence people. Um, I mean, if you, you're sitting next to someone right now, you're influenced. How you, how you listen tonight, take notes. If you're talking to a neighbor, things that like, influences people. We're influencing all the time. And so we want to figure out what are the characteristics look like that make us like great premier influencers, leaders. Because sometimes, sometimes we can lead where it's not the greatest. I'll tell you one of those stories. It wasn't like leading for evil, wasn't really leading for good to make people like Jesus. It was leading for fun. It was a little bit selfish. Some of you guys go down to the valley during summer to go. This year it was junior high and high school down to Mission, Texas. Well, if you go back decades ago, we used to take junior hires down to the valley. And one of our free days, we would drive about 45 minutes away from uh, McAll- that McAllen area where we're at to a little town called Progreso in Mexico. And it was right on the border. We would park in America in a big parking lot, and we would walk across a bridge across the Rio Grande, and then we would go shopping in these two little blocks of Mexico. We did it for a couple reasons. One, we wanted teenagers to see the the vast poverty and how different it was between America and there. See see how, how difficult it is for some people to live. But it was also part of, hey, you can go shopping and get, you know, stuff that no one really needs. And our adults hated that that afternoon, every, every year we do it, because it's like 130 degrees in the concrete, and, and the little shops, they, it was always the same stuff, nothing you ever want, but it was one of my favorite times, because it was a time where I could wield my influence uh, over sixth grade boys, no offense, sixth grade boys, I'm sure none of you guys are like the, the past sixth grade boys, uh, for the benefit of everyone. And so there's times like we'd be walking down this little area, and we'd be shopping, I remember this one sixth grade boy uh, as he's looking, we're looking at things, and he's like, hey, do you, what do you think about that? And I got a picture of what it was. Not his, but a picture for the internet. I hit it there. It was, a, it was a belt buckle with a scorpion in amber, like this. So he's looking at it, and he's looking at me, and I, and I wield influence. I was a youth pastor at the time, and he's like, this is pretty cool, huh? I'm like, dude, that is awesome. Now, regardless, he doesn't wear belts, the sixth grade boy. He's like in like gym shorts. And he's like, man, I'm like, ah, you think you should get that? And he's like, well, what do you think? You think I should get it? I'm like, dude, it's a scorpion. Like, do you have one? And he's like, no. Well, I think you've answered the question if you should get one or not. He's like, sweet. My goal was to wield my influence because these sixth grade boys, their parents, because they were nervous, so they'd send them with like, $150 to the valley. My, my goal was to bless the Mexican economy with $150 for every sixth grade boy. Go, Man, you need that. I remember the one kid, he got one of those laser pointers. It was a lighter. And when you flip, it didn't really, the lighter didn't work. When you flick the lighter, it would turn on the laser pointer. And he got one. And you know, I told him, I said, you can't use that. You know, anytime anybody's talking or anything, we walk like two little shops down and there's a little like 
silver gun that when you pull the trigger, it shoots the laser. And he's like, man, I should have waited. He's like, I, I should have gotten the gun. The gun's way cooler. And, and I straight faced him and went, dude, is it possible to have too many laser pointers? He's like, should I get it? Yeah. And he's got a lighter and a gun to this day. One of my other favorite ones, I got a picture of not the one again. You hit it. Kids looking around, and, and they, they sell these little wrestling rings. His name is Kyle. I was like, Kyle, you got to, man, dude, you got to get that. It said his, I'm not kidding, I'm not making this up. His didn't have Spider-Man, I promise. His had Winnie the Pooh in the center of the ring. And his little figurines, they don't move. His were not painted. Like, they were just all blue. And I was like, you can't have all blue. You're going to have to get the expansion pack of the all green ones. And he's like, you think? And I'm like, the blue guys have to wrestle the green guys. How do you know who's who if they're all blue? And he's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You're right. It's the green pack. Then I talked him into the greatest purchase ever, a Mexican wrestling luchador mask. <laughs> On the way home, this is a true story. On the way home in the van, we're headed, we're going to stop in San Antonio to eat at Taco Cabana. Yes, the same Taco Cabana we still eat at today. He falls asleep in the van with his luchador mask on, and using my influence, I looked at the girls and said, what would happen if y'all tied that in so many knots he couldn't get it off? <laughs> and when he woke up at Taco Cabana, he was trying to get his mask off, and he couldn't get it off, and he was like, I can't get the mask off. And we said, oh yeah, the girl's like, they tied 73 knots in it. You're never going to get it off. And he's like, well, what do I do? And I said, it looks like you're going to eat in Taco Cabana with a luchador mask on. And he did. It was awesome. But we want you to be better leaders and influencers than that. Like, we want you to use your influence to change the world, not just bless the Mexican economy. So last week, and stay with me, because here's the thing, I need you to stay with me, because in a second, you're going to use your phones for something. I know that risk losing you totally, but I want to try it. Um, last week, we talked about leaders need humility. That's what Michael talked about. Leaders have to be humble. If you're going to influence people for good things, if you're going to influence people for the gospel, if you're going to influence people for the kingdom, you have to be a leader who is humble. Well, another thing you have to do is you have to be a leader, an influencer, who has wisdom. And so that's what we're talking tonight. We talk about wisdom, though, that's that word, like, I, I bet, and I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I bet if I brought some of you up here and I said, hey, define for me what wisdom means. It's a word that you've heard a lot. You might have used it, but you might struggle to define it. A lot of times we try to define it with its, like, sister, which is knowledge. But there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing facts. Knowledge is having an expertise in an area. But wisdom is understanding how to use knowledge for something good. Let me give you an example. You can know the difference between good and evil, but wisdom chases after good and runs away from evil. You can have knowledge and not have wisdom. Like Anna Stribling. Let's just, we'll use Anna for example. Can I use you for an example for a second? Okay. Let's say that Anna knows this smoking crack is bad, okay? She has the knowledge. I'm using her, I want you all to know, because I know that she does not smoke crack. She knows that smoking crack is bad, but if she smokes it anyway, she lacks wisdom, right? Knowledge is I know it's bad, I know the difference between good and evil, I know the facts. Wisdom is applying those facts for the best result. 
And the best result is, I know crack is bad, therefore I will be wise and run away from it. And I will chase after the good. Does that make sense? Okay, let's see how well you can work in the world of wisdom. If you have a phone, get it out. If you don't have a phone, look at somebody you do. We're going to go to Kahoot. Kahoot.it. We're going to do a poll. It's not a game. We're going to do a poll to see where we're at. You don't have to. You can kill the sound. I know I always ask for it, but. Kahoot.it. 209-2138. Log in if you can. Can we kill the sound on it? Guys in the booth. Thank you. Okay, get in there. Get in, get in, get in. I don't want to waste all my time, but we're just going to see how well we work in the world of wisdom. It's like seven questions. You're going to have like five seconds per question. Let's get in as fast as we can so we don't spend more time getting in than we do like answering questions. Crackhead, sit down. All right, give you a few more seconds. Now listen, there's going to be a margin of error because somebody's going to be funny, but I want you to answer these questions in, in the way that you really think, okay? I don't want you to try to be funny. Okay, we're going to get started in five seconds, four seconds, three seconds. If you don't get in, look on somebody who does. Two seconds, one second, start. Go ahead and hit it. Guys in the booth, go ahead and hit it for me. Okay, here we go. Six questions. Five seconds each. You got to go fast, okay? A wise person takes care of themselves before they take care of others. Yes or no? They're all yes or no answers. A wise person takes care of themselves before they take care of others. Split down the middle. Okay, hold on one second. Hold on. Don't don't, don't yet. Can you do me a favor since you have a sheet of paper? Will you write number one and write 52% yes? Hear me in my recorder here. All right, number two. A wise person is always telling people what to do. Yes or no? A wise person is always telling people what to do. I forgot to set that for five seconds, so we're going to be here for a little bit. A wise person is always telling people what to do. Yes or no? And then you're going to write down for me the answer. Question number two. Oh, 92% no. Okay. All right, question number three. A wise person is a good problem solver. A wise person is a good problem solver. Yes or no? Two seconds. One second. 69% yes. Question number four. A wise person has a good idea of what is good or helpful. Yes or no? A wise person has a good idea of what is good or helpful. 95% yes. A wise person thinks highly of themselves. Yes or no? A wise person thinks highly of themselves. 62% no. Last question. A wise person is more concerned with right or wrong than problem solving. A wise person is more concerned with right or wrong than problem solving. 57% no. Excellent. Okay. Now here's what I need you to do. 
Because it's really hard to be teaching and then go, hey, get out your phones and everybody talk. And they go, now listen. It's hard. So work with me. If you've got a Bible by you, I want you to go to page 556. If you're in another Bible, I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 4. So we're going to look at a few, pa- a few verses about wisdom written by a guy named Solomon. Solomon was a king. Give you a little context to who he was. If you've heard of King David, Solomon was his son. When David dies and Solomon becomes king, God speaks to Solomon. He gives him this incredible opportunity that I used to pray would happen to me every day when I was a kid. God asked Solomon this as the new king. Solomon, ask of anything, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. Like, like this is genie in the bottle, rub the lamp. You got one wish. You can't wish, wish for more wishes. Solomon, what do you want? And Solomon doesn't ask for power. He doesn't ask for money. He doesn't ask uh, for relationships. Here's what Solomon says to the Lord. He says, as a young leader, as a young influencer, he was a king, as a young influencer, I don't know what to do with the people that you've given me to lead. So please give me wisdom. And God grants wisdom. And the scripture records that no one before Solomon or after ever had the type of wisdom that he did. And then in Proverbs, he writes a lot of the Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1, this is what it says. He says, listen, sons, to a father's discipline and pay attention so that you may gain understanding. This is written to a patriarchal society. If we were reading it today, if Solomon was saying, he would say, listen, kids. It's not just boys. He'd say, listen, kids, to parents' discipline. Pay attention so that you may gain understanding. For I'm giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender and precious to my mother, he taught me and said, your heart must hold on to my words, keep my commands and live. And now listen to the rest of what he says. Verse five, get wisdom, get understanding. Don't forget or turn away from the words from my mouth. Don't abandon wisdom and she'll watch over you. Love her and she'll guard you. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. Cherish her. Her's the wisdom. Cherish her, and she'll exalt you. If you embrace her, she'll honor you. She'll place a garland of favor or a garland of grace on your head. She will give you a crown of beauty. So what he says over and over again, I see it twice. I just kind of talk through this for a second. Two times, things that stand out to me is he says this. He says, get wisdom. Like, go after it. Chase it. He gives us reasons why it's important. He says, get wisdom. So how do you get wisdom? Like you can't get it from a store. Somebody said it over there, James, you don't have to flip there. I'm just going to put the verse on the screen. James 1.5, James is the half-brother of Jesus. He says this, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he'll give it to you. He'll not rebuke you for asking. How do you get wisdom? You ask God. I need wisdom. God, I need to understand how to take the knowledge that I have and live it out right. Because I need to influence people. I need to influence well. So here's something that got me confused. So here's where I did a little bit of study. In verse 5, in verse 7, 7 particularly, he says this. I will use verse 7. He says, wisdom is supreme, so go or go get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. Like when I read that, I don't know if it was you, but I read that and I was like, I don't really know what's happening there. Get wisdom which is understanding how to use knowledge. If you get anything else, get understanding. It sounded kind of redundant to me. And I thought at first, well, maybe he's just emphasizing it. But then I went and did a little bit of study because I had time to do that. And what I realized is there's two different words here. 
So when he says, go get wisdom, he's talking about what we've talked about up until now. Learn how to, learn how to take knowledge and use it for good. But then he says, if there's anything else, go get understanding. And the Hebrew word there is this, this understanding of like spiritual understanding. Get to know the character of God and who he is and how that affects your decisions and how that affects your life. So here, let me give you an example of what that might look like. Okay, so we've got Anna. She's been smoking crap. And she gets caught. She goes, she, she's in jail. She's standing before the judge. And the judge says, Anna, how old are you, Anna? 16, because the judge didn't know. The judge says, Anna's 16, and here's what I know, because I'm a judge and I have knowledge. She's smoking crack, and the penalty is 30 years in prison. I don't know if that's really it. I've never smoked crack. Um, or there's some other things I can do as a judge. I have knowledge. So his knowledge is the maximum penalty for her is 30 years in prison. But the judge uses wisdom. He knows the knowledge. 30 years in prison. I've got some other options. But he says, you know what? She's 16. I don't think she smoked crack a long time because she's, she's 16. And if I give her 30 years in prison, she's going to be 46 years old when she gets out. And she's going to be like, I mean, ruined by prison. She's, she's young. So I'm going to use wisdom. And instead of sentencing her to prison, I'm going to sentence her to rehab. That's wisdom, understanding, the facts, using them for the best. Now, spiritual understanding only comes if you walk with Jesus. So let's say the judge is a believer, because he'd have to be a believer to have the spiritual understanding. The judge says this, I'm going to use wisdom and send her to rehab, but I know, because I know the heart of God, that what Anna really needs, more than she needs to be clean from crack, is she needs a life-changing relationship with Jesus. So when I sentence her to rehab, I'm going to give her a couple of options, and the options I'm going to give her are ones that are faith-based. Because I know there are some people that work there who see the image of God in her and don't see her as a crack addict and don't see her as a rehab person. They're going to see the image of God, and not only are they going to lead her to clean living and freedom, but they might just lead her to Jesus. That makes sense? So Solomon says, get wisdom, understand how to apply facts and what's true. But he says, also, you got to chase after understanding spiritual things, the character of God, who he is, because that's the best kind of wisdom trying to watch the clock here. I want to give you some examples of how that plays out, okay? I'm going to give you a New Testament example and then a couple other examples, and then we're going to, we're going to wrap it back up, okay? So flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I got that up there. It's page 1017 if you need it. So we're going to see wisdom played out here in a, in a New Testament passage. Paul says this as he's writing a letter to the church at Corinth. Look in verse 23. Just going to read a couple verses here. He, 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 he writes a quote. The quote was, everything is permissible. Everything's okay. He says, everything's permissible. And then he adds to it, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. Look at verse 24. And now think about the way you might have answered the Kahoot quiz when it comes to wisdom. He says, no one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. So let me tell you what's happening here when Paul says that real quickly. The church, these young believers, they're, they're all new Christians, and they live in a world that is not Christian. They live in a regular secular world, and they're going to the marketplace to buy food. And as they go to the marketplace, they go to buy meat, like, you know, like you get a filet mignon, get a little strip steak. They're going to make some fajitas, whatever they're going to make. They go to the marketplace, and at the marketplace, the beef 
the food, the meat that they got, had actually, before it was sold to the market, were, were cows or were animals that had been sacrificed to pagan gods. So people went and they had this worship service for a fake god, this idolatry. It'd be like going to church of Satan and, you know, like, and they sacrificed the bull, sacrificed the cow and honor the false god. And then what do you do with the cow's dead? They, they would take the meat and sell it in the marketplace. So these young Christians were going to the marketplace and they were like trying to buy the filet mignon. And they're like, I'm not buying that because that's like devil meat. Like, like, right? Where's the non-devil meat? That's what I want. But you had other Christians who, who, who they adopted this attitude. They were like, it's a fake God. It's, it's a false, it's not, he's not real. It's just a bunch of people going crazy. As, you know, we worship you, whatever the fake God's name is. And they're like, it's not like tainted meat. It's just a cow. In fact, if it was, if it was a fake God, it doesn't matter. So give me the meat and give it to me now. And so it was causing this problem amongst Christians, the church. Because some were going, it's just meat. And others are going, it's not just meat. It's just meat. It's not. And so Paul says this. He says, listen, everything's permissible. It's okay to eat meat, sacrifice to idols or not. But he says, but not everything's beneficial. Everything's permissible, but not everything builds up. Maybe your knowledge tells you that this is just meat. My knowledge also tells me that it bothers my Christian brother. Wisdom says, verse 33, 31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greek or the church of God. Don't offend each other. Just, just as I also try to please everyone and everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that they may be saved. Paul says, knowledge says you can eat the meat. No big deal. Knowledge says, bothers my friends, big deal. So wisdom says, I'm going to do what's best. And even though I can eat the meat, knowledge is, is there. I'm going to choose to chase after what's good. Is this me doing that? It's not? Okay. I'm going to chase after the good. And, and for my brother, because it's not about me. I'm going to use my wisdom to take the knowledge and do what's right. Does that make sense? So as a believer, you got to figure out how to be wise influence. Let me give you real life opportunity, because I don't think any of you have like gone to HEB and was like, oh, I think that's satanic steak. Um, so you're in class. This could be a real thing. You're in class. I hear this happen in high school. And the teacher throws out a debate. Take a controversial subject of anything you want. It could be sexuality. It could be gender. It could be abortion. It could be the death penalty. Whatever. They throw it out, and a debate starts happening in class. And there's a group of people over here, and they're, they're arguing like truth, like, like what, what the character of God would say, like matches the Bible. There's some people over here that aren't. And the, and the debate's getting heated and it's getting loud and, and people are starting to, it's not civil anymore. Now they're kind of yelling and kind of, they may not be insulting people, but in the way they say things, it's insulting. And you're a believer and you're right in the middle of it and you're about to get drawn into the conversation. Here's how what it looks like. Knowledge says these people, my Christian friends, what they're saying is true. But wisdom says, maybe I should handle it different. Maybe I should lean in and be a peacemaker so that we can both listen rather than continue to fight. Does that make sense? Wisdom's handling knowledge. So I'll give you another example. You're going to lead someone close to you, closer to Jesus. God lays a person on your heart. 
and you start talking with them. It's a close friend, and, and they look at you one day, and you can tell they're a little bit, little bit frustrated. You can tell they're like a little bit like on edge, and they look at you, and they say this, kind of in this tone. So you're telling me, like that, you're telling me <coughs> that if I die without Jesus, I'm going to spend eternity in hell. That's what you're telling me? It's a time out. The knowledge answer to that is yes. You die without Jesus, you spend eternity. Knowledge says yes. But wisdom says, hey, let's talk about it, that. Wisdom says, hey, man, this seems like it's a big deal. You seem a little bit like frustrated about that. What, like, why are you angry about that question? Wisdom says, what do you think? Let me hear what you think. Wisdom says, I, let's, let's look and see what the Bible says. Knowledge has an answer, but leadership, influencers use wisdom to do something better. Last scenario. I'm going to give you some application, and uh, we'll do Kahoot real quick. We have time. So a friend invites you to a party on Saturday night. You know there's going to be alcohol there. Could be some other things there. You know that. But you also know that there's going to be parents there. There's going to be some adults there. Parents of your friend, whatever, they're going to be supplying the alcohol. So you know, hey, things probably aren't going to get way crazy out of hand because their parents aren't going to let it go crazy. So you got that dilemma. Wrestling. Two pieces of knowledge. And then you think, I mean, Jesus hung out with partiers. Jesus did. Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus hung out with partiers. Okay, I'm in. But then you have this thought that you're honest with yourself and you went, you know, Jesus hung, hung out with partiers. But I don't think when Jesus... Like, I think when Jesus was there, I think his agenda was a little bit different than mine. Like, I'm going because I don't want to be left out. Jesus went because he loved people and wanted to speak truth to them. And so you go back and forth. You're wrestling. Wisdom is what helps you make the right decision. And here's what the right decision is. I don't know. Because if you ask your parents and you say to your parents, I want to go and they say no, well, wisdom says I've got knowledge and I know what knowledge to use, which is best because of the parents of my authority in my life, so I'm not going. But let's say your parents say, yes, you can go. So here's what it may look like. Here's how wisdom affects this. You might say, you know what? I know where my heart's at. You probably wouldn't have been having the questions that I, that I wrestled with earlier. But you know what? I'm going and I'm going to have three or four, I'm, I'm going to be intentional about this. I'm going to have three or four spiritual conversations with my friends while we're there. And I'm going to live I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna live above reproach, which you could do. I'm not going to embarrass Christ. I'm not gonna embarrass the gospel. I'm going, I'm gonna hang out with the parents, talk to the parents some, and I'm going because I love my friends and I wanna talk to them about Jesus in the midst of what they're doing. If you came to me and said, I wanna go to this party and I wanna tell people about Jesus, my parents know, they said it's okay, I would say, I'll go with you. And you'd say, please don't, and I'd say, okay, and then you'd go. But if you go, I want to go because I don't want to be left out. I'm not going to talk about Jesus because that's weird to my friends, especially if some of them are drinking. I just don't want to be at home by myself. Then wisdom might speak to you and go, maybe you don't go. It's taking knowledge, taking the character of God, like Proverbs said, and making decisions that are for the kingdom and influence people best. We're going to do the Kahoot quiz again. Okay, pull up. It's the same one. Pull it up, and then I'm going to tell you one I'm going to give you some application, and then we're gonna, we'll get out of here. Are we good on time? 
All right, bring it back up. It's 318-7983. Here's what I want to do. I want to compare your answers. We just briefly talked about wisdom for 10 minutes after the quiz, 15 minutes. I just want to see if our answers are any different based on what we've just talked about. Maybe they will be. Maybe they won't be. I'm curious. All right, you got like 30 seconds to get your names in. And you've got my answers for me. Can I, can I, can I use it? You don't have anything like private in there, secret? Well, he's got, my, he's got it written down. Oh, you wrote it down too? No, do you have the one, the answers? The answers we wrote down. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You don't have to tear it out, I'll just, you don't have to tear it out. Okay, here we go. We're going to start in five seconds, four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second, start. Okay, here we go. Same things. See if you'd answer them differently. I don't know if you will or not. Question number one, a wise person takes care of themselves before they take care of others. Yes or no? I sure hope these aren't randomized. If these are randomized, my whole experiment's off. All right, so we said, the, are, these, are they randomized? Was that the first question? So a wise person takes care of themselves before they take care of others. The first time, 52% of you said yes, 63% of you now say no. Because a wise person, what did Paul say? Looks to the benefit of others. They use their knowledge to influence people in the right way. All right, question number two. A wise person is a good problem solver. I think these are randomized. They're not? Is that two? Okay. Answer yes or no, yes or no. 89% said a wise person is a good problem solver. So a couple of you changed your mind. 92% said no. Hopefully a wise person should be, we shouldn't have gone backwards there, a wise person should take the facts, see what the Lord would say, see what the character of God says, and go do the right thing and solve the problem. Okay, question number three. Question number three. We freeze up? Okay. A wise person has a good idea of what is good or helpful. Yes or No. One second, zero second. A wise person is looking after the character of God, knowing the character of God. We said 69%. Yes, we grew. We've learned something. Question number four. A wise person thinks highly of themselves. <laughs> yes or no? A wise person thinks highly of themselves. Yes or no? 95% said yes the first time. 80% said no. You're thinking of others, and let me take us back to a week ago that leaders and influencers are what? Humble. Okay, number five. I guess you could think highly of yourself in a wise way. A wise person is more concerned with right or wrong than problem solving. Yeah, these were randomized. This was the last question, and it's not now. A wise person is more concerned with right or wrong than problem solving. Okay, so let me ask this. I'm going to give you this back. Y'all said yes the first time. You said no the second time because you're correct. What's right and is wrong is what should help us solve the problem, but solving the problem is not more important. You can solve a problem and solve it in the wrong way. Let's see the sixth one. A wise person is always telling people what to do. It was randomized. I apologize. I didn't think about that. We screwed it up, so I don't remember what you said. What do you say this time now? Wise person is always telling people what to do. Can you end it? Hit skip. 
87%? No. Okay. Okay, let me give you this real quick. Two things you can do. You ready? They're very easy. We're out of here in three minutes. Number one, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. That's what James said, right, in James 1.5? If you lack wisdom, ask God. So that's the key to it. So what you've got to start doing is in your prayer life on a regular basis, start asking God, give me wisdom. Let me give you a little trick here. Start praying that on a regular basis. For example, if you're in a scenario where the class is arguing back and forth, instead of jumping in, stop and go, God, give me wisdom. If you're in a conflict with a friend, the friend goes, you really think I'm going to burn in hell forever? God, give me wisdom. Make a decision on going to the party or not, right then there, God, give me wisdom. But not just in those moments, ask regularly so that you can be a leader of influence. Here's number two. I want you to answer this question. I want you to answer this right now, not just quietly. If you're, if you're a note writer, I want you to write it down. I want you to answer this question in your mind. So close your eyes for a second so you're not looking at anybody else. When you're not talking to anybody else, close your eyes. Answer this question for yourself. Who is the wisest living person you know? Who's the wisest living person you know? Okay, now here's what I want you to do. You can look up now. On your way out, I'm going to ask if we've got some leadership track students, if I can get two or three of you to go to the back. There's some cards, there's a little take home. And it just says wisdom interview. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Start asking God for wisdom. And, and this will take you like, like three to four minutes this week. That person that you just got in your head, maybe it was a grandparent, maybe it was a parent, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a, one of your friend's parents. I want you to ask them three things. You might call them, you might text them, whatever. Challenge you to do this. I know not everybody will. Ask them this. And you just tell them, hey, we were doing this at, at Collide on Wednesday night, and I was asked to do this. Ask them, how did they become wise? Ask them, how do they continue growing in wisdom? And then ask them, tell me your faith story. That wise person, how did you become wise? How do you continue growing in wisdom? And how do you tell your faith story? I'm not going to ask you later who you did what, but it would be good for you to hear their story, to learn what they do, and to grow in wisdom. So last thing, and then we're out. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to imagine this scenario. Let's say we do an event. We go out to this property right out here. And we, we take the two acres we just bought and we fence it in. Two acres is a lot of land. And we soak it down. It is a giant two-acre mud pit, which is huge. It's a big mud pit. And we take, I don't know if you've ever been like to the rodeo and like seen like the greased pig. We take a pig, we grease the pig, and we say, hey, we put you in this two-acre pen, and we say, we want you, you can quit anytime you want, but we want you to catch that greased pig. So what's going to happen is that pig's going to run you all over the place because it's not, in, it's not an enclosed area. And, and when you grab it, it's going to slip out, and you're going to fall in the mud. And here's what else is in the mud. There's, there's actually manure out there too, okay? So it's a bad scenario. But here's the deal. You ready? Attached to the pig if you catch the pig. And there's no time limit. There's no time limit to this. Attached to the pig is $10 million. Yeah, yeah. I said manure, and everybody's like, oh, oh, I got $10 million. Oh, well. Oh. Oh. Right. Okay, time out. Because this is, this is it. This is the end. 
in a gross scenario of mud and manure and greased pigs, running across two acres where it'd be almost impossible to catch that pig, you probably wouldn't quit. That's what I would do. That's a good thing. Wait till the pig falls asleep, then go get it. Wisdom. Took the facts, did the right thing. But you wouldn't quit. So here's what the writer of Proverbs says. Here's what Solomon says when he says, go get wisdom. Go get the understanding of God's character. Guys, you've got to chase after it like you would chase after that pig. Going, God, I want to be a leader. I want to be an influencer who has great wisdom. Got it? Start asking for it. Talk to some people who have it. Let me pray for us. I thank you for the opportunity to come and to talk wisdom, to talk faith, talk scripture. Lord, I pray that, that you would, we know it's not an overnight thing, Lord, but I pray that this group of students, and they would not just grow up to be wise, but in the next 12 months, they would seek you in such a way, pursue wisdom in such a way, that they would become influencers of their friends and their family and the people at school in a way that is life-changing. God, help them be wise as they try to bring a friend who's close to them, close to you. Amen.